0: I like big butts, and I cannot <laughs> lie.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to Not-So-Molly Mormon Podcast. This is Katie, and unfortunately Sarah's not here. Sarah's taking the week off, but I have someone, never fear, never fear, because the amazing, incredible Dusty is here to guest co-host this week. Hi, Dusty!
0: Hi, Katie! Thank you so much for, like, inviting me into your space. Oh my goodness!
1: I'm just so happy that you. So I reached out to Dusty literally yesterday, you guys, (laughs) and she came through and she also offered to basically be the main presenter of this episode which I could not be more excited about Um, but before we get into what the topic is I just want to do a really quick shout out to we have gotten quite a few new patrons and I just want to let you all know that we see you and we love you but I don't want to do specific shout outs quite yet until Sarah's back because I know she wants to like give you her personal thanks too but Just know that she's so good at it. I know we all need
0: that individual love from
1: Sarah. (laughs) I know she's just so great and she's so um she is so appreciative too. So we're gonna wait on that, but just know that we see you and we love you. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have announcement wise, and I'm very much looking forward to this topic because it involves true crime. You guys know I'm very much into that, and this is obviously a Mormon true crime. Um, story that I don't really know much about. And Dusty is going to tell me about it. And I'm just so excited. I'm like buzzing. I was just telling Dusty, I've had way too much coffee. If you can probably tell in my voice, I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I'm just here for it, Dusty. Thank you so much for doing all this research and willing to come on here and present this to us.
0: Yeah, you're so you're so welcome, seriously. Like I love you guys. Anything I can do to support the podcast, I am down for
1: <laughs> oh, Dusty. Oh, how does Sarah do it? She goes, the dusty. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay, well, so um yeah, where do you wanna start? Tell me tell me okay. how this begins.
0: All right, so this we're gonna we're gonna end it in our tour little Time Machines friends and we're going to go back to the year 1997 <gasps>
1: 1997 I was definitely wearing like metallic blue lip gloss and purple jeans and butterfly clips I think yes I
0: had a lot of butterfly clips yeah I was 12 years old in 97
1: that <gasps> cute the math? Yeah. I was 10 I, I think we would have been friends
0: oh totally <laughs> totally would have <laughs> Some of your listeners may not even have been a sparkle in their father's eye yet, but that's okay.
1: It's (laughs) so true. You know, we've had lots of listeners that have reached out that are quite a bit younger, and sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old, but also I'm very flattered that the younger generation even wants to listen to cringy older millennials (laughs) like us. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Okay, so the year is 1997. I'm in the time machine. Okay. (laughs)
0: All right, we're going to go to Phoenix, Arizona.
1: (gasps) It's where I am right now. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's what made me think of you. I was like, I have to, I have to
1: message Katie. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, so that's right here. All right. Okay, so 97,
0: Phoenix, Arizona Mm -hmm. in a pretty nice neighborhood. It's called Terra Bueno, I believe.
1: Ooh, Terra Bueno. Um, I like it. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, so there is a family. It's called the Filader family, which to me sounds like a dirty word, and I can't stop giggling because I'm actually still 12 years old.
1: <laughs> okay, when you sent me this message, when you were like, "Have you heard of da 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 filater? I was like, "It sounds like fellatio. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I didn't say that to you, but I was thinking that in my head. So I'm glad that we're along that same wavelength. You know, <laughs> anything can be <laughs> yeah, anything can be a dirty word if you try hard enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so funny. Okay. <laughs> so we have Scott and Yarmila Felater. Okay. name. Okay. So they had been high school sweethearts. Um, she was the first girl he ever dated. Oh. They were both raised Catholic. Oh, okay. Um, but before they got married... He ran into some Mormon missionaries.
1: (laughs) Of course he did. You know what? There's a lot of Mormon missionaries here, and I get so upset when I see them out and about in the summer here. I'm just like, how rude. Like, give them a car at least. Don't make them ride their bike, you know? But that's besides the point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he joined the Mormon church, and then he convinced Yarmila to join the church with him. And they were married at... Yeah. (laughs) They were. They got married when they were 20 years old.
1: Wow, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's it's, it's so that makes sense though. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. It's so like, crazy.
0: Catholic and then Mormon, like it's all it's all young and right. Yeah, it's, it's young, young and married. the
1: pressure to not have sex until you're married, and then once you're married, have a lot of babies. That's like very similar yeah. in both religions, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, they got married. Um, he, they had two kids. So, they had Megan and Michael, okay. their kids' names. Okay. And they moved from the Chicago area to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Because Scott, the father, worked for Motorola.
1: Motorola, okay. Okay,
0: so again, for you younger
1: <laughs> I know, I was going to say, I'm glad okay. Dusty's explaining this, because I was like, is Motorola even a thing anymore?
0: <laughs> I don't even think it's a thing anymore, yeah. So, back in the day, kids come gather we had And <laughs> Dusty had will tell
1: you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we had cell phones, but they flipped open mm-hmm. and there was no pictures. There was no camera. It was just buttons.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just numbered buttons like one, numbered two, button. three, four, five. And then there was assigned letters to those buttons. That we could later learn to text with, but it had to be the T9 format. I'm not even going to get into
0: it. (laughs) so bad. Like, click, 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 just to get one letter.
1: One letter. Whoa, and we did that every single day. I I don't even know how we did it.
0: (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. (laughs) So, it was, like, cell phones were blowing up. He was really successful at Motorola. He was, like, a product manager, so very successful. Um, Yeah.
1: Okay, and nope. I miss, I can assume that, I mean, I guess, I don't know if this even plays into this story, but, like, I would assume that coming from Chicago to Phoenix, there's, like, way more Mormons in Phoenix, because it's so much closer to Utah. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I can assume that they yeah. had, like, a more close-knit ward, probably, here than... Yeah,
0: it says that they became, like, big parts of the LDS community in Phoenix, yeah. and it was, like, definitely their, like, their community. So, okay, yeah. all right. For sure. Okay. 1997 Scott is a seminary teacher
1: (gasps) seminary teacher oh I mm. (laughs) did you know that seminary teachers make pretty good money actually yeah they do yeah I was I don't know why I learned that and I was like oh wow like I missed out I should have just become a seminary teacher and taught this (laughs) (laughs) this fake shit to teenagers just kidding I would never do that (laughs) (laughs) I'm part of the problem. Uh, I just remember seminary. The seminary teachers I had probably like hated me because I was so lazy in seminary, and it was so easy to just kind of like you know, fudge it and, like, pass. Because it's all make, made up anyway. You're like, yeah, sure, I read the Book of Mormon, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And any time we have, like, a test, I'm using air quotes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was open book, so. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, for real, I know. But I did graduate seminary, you guys.
0: I did, too. Aww, uh-huh. look at us. <laughs>
1: okay, so he's a seminary teacher in Phoenix. All right. Yeah,
0: okay, so. The backstory is he gets up really early, um, six fifteen to go teach seminary. Mm -hmm. And
1: then we can we pause for a minute. He gets up early at six fifteen. I know this about my dear Dusty. She gets up at five thirty every morning to work out. I mean, she's a queen. So let's just (laughs) I just wanted to point that out that you get up even earlier than a seminary teacher. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs)
0: um so yeah so he gets up early he teaches seminary he takes his daughter to school and then he goes to work at motorola okay and slaves away all day all day and comes home in time for dinner (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh and has dinner with his family helps his kids with homework whatever does the dad thing right
1: yeah probably has family home evening on mondays
0: yeah yeah for (laughs) sure so We know that it's a Thursday, and the reason we know it's a Thursday is because his wife was watching ER on TV. Oh,
1: my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch ER?
0: (laughs) I totally watched ER. I was upset. They've just added it to Prime and I'm like, how will I, I can't raise my children anymore. I have prior obligations.
1: Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to be watching ER 24-7. I just remember seeing it on, my mom was really into it. So I would catch like a bit of it. I should probably go back and watch it. But yeah, that is, that's a 1997 marker if there ever was one, right? Oh, for sure.
0: Thursday nights, ER night. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the kids are like, What why wouldn't they just stream it? Because there wasn't streaming. There wasn't
1: <laughs> streaming, kids. You had to wait until the exact moment and then watch it. And if there if you had to go pee, you had to wait till the commercial. Like you couldn't pause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the things we've been through. <laughs>
0: oh, kids today will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um, at about nine o'clock at night, Yarmila asked him to go fix the pool pump. Okay. So they have a pool in their backyard. The pump's not working. She's really concerned about it. So he goes out. He's trying to fix the pool pump. He can't fix it. He's frustrated. He gives up. He says, I'm going to have to do this later. He goes inside, <clears throat> and he makes a point to say he kisses Yarmala goodnight and goes to bed.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So <clears throat> what happens next? Oh, excuse me. I'm losing my voice. One second. <clears throat> <laughs> Gulp some tea down. Okay. So, neighbors next door are named Greg and Stephanie. Oh, They're, Greg and Steph.
1: So, Greg <laughs> and Steph, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, they, at around 10, 1030, they hear crying or moaning or something going on outside.
1: <gasps> um.
0: So Stephanie is like, we didn't want to be like nosy neighbors, but like it was kind of weird. Yeah. And so we just kind of peeked over the wall into the next backyard.
1: <gasps> I can I can imagine this. This is how my backyard is, and I could totally peek over the wall if I wanted to to my neighbors. <gasps> and yeah. I would if I heard like screaming oh, and yeah. moaning at ten thirty p.m. I'd be like, Is everyone okay? Yeah.
0: No kidding, right? Mm-hmm. So Ray looks over the wall and he sees a body,
1: <gasps> like. Oh, no. Like, laying, like, in the pool?
0: Nope, just laying next to the pool. He just sees legs. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're thinking, Stephanie is thinking, like, maybe somebody got drunk and passed out by the pool. Yeah. They're kind of not really sure.
1: Not the Mormons, though. The Mormons don't drink alcohol. Okay,
0: that's what I said. I was like, okay, I know that, like, my my neighbor here is Mormon. I know she is. If I (laughs) saw her passed out in her yard, I would be like, sweetie. Sweetie, honey, yeah, yeah. Let's you're, get up. Let's get out of the grass. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> you're definitely not drunk and passed out, so let's
0: just, yeah. No. Let's get up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they weren't like good. Na- I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so as they're standing there watching, Scott walks out of the house, grabs her arms, picks her up, drags her to the pool, <gasps> and rolls her body into the
1: pool. <gasps> okay, so this was Yarmila and. And he just walks out of the house and drags her into the pool?
0: And rolls her into it, yeah.
1: (gasps) No. Oh, it gets better. And they're just watching this?
0: Yeah. So Greg's saying, like, maybe we need to call 911. Yeah. And Scott holds Yarmala's head underwater.
1: (gasps) I just got goosebumps. That's so, that's so chilling. Like, I can't even imagine seeing that. And also the poor lady. Oh.
0: So they call nine one one. Tell them that like something's going on with the neighbors. Mm-hmm. They need to get out of here. So nine one one comes. Um, the police come. They go around to the back of the house because that's where Greg said that the, the situation was happening. Uh-huh. And one of the officers he grabs Yarmila's body to pull her out of the water. And he said, "This is really graphic. Sorry." But mm. He said, the "Water looked like a shark attack."
1: <gasps> what?
0: Yeah, so it wasn't just a matter of a drowning. Uh, There's blood in the water, too.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh.
0: I know, it's terrible. Mm. So the police surround the house, they go inside, and they see Scott standing at the top of the stairs, and this is what, like, really hit it for me, in a stark white shirt <gasps> and plaid pajama pants. What's <gasps> that shirt, Katie? What's that shirt?
1: Oh, my God, that's the garments.
0: He's wearing a garment top.
1: <gasps> and he's just standing. Okay, I'm picturing this. He's wearing his garment top and pajama bottoms, probably with the garments, garments underneath the pajama bottoms, just standing yep. at the top of the stairs after he has done whatever he's done to his wife. Oh, my God. This is, like, so scary. This is honestly so chilling.
0: I know. It's terrifying. Like, I was I was listening to it, and I was like, what is happening? I've sent, I sent you the picture of him. So <gasps> you-,
1: you can... Oh, my God. Okay, wait. Hold on. I'm going to open it up. But also, I want to say, I love that they said stark white top, and you know.
0: As soon as they said it, I was like, he's in his garments.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's in his garments. Oh, my word. Okay. <sighs> okay.
0: So, Scott is at the top of the stairs, and he yells, what are you doing in my house? What is happening? And the cops go up. They take him out to the police car put them in there, they go in and they find the kids. Because remember, they have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, Megan and Michael. Yeah. Yeah. So they come in and they say, kids, your parents have had, like, a violent argument. We need to get them, we need to get you out of the house. They take them out the front of the house so that they, like, don't see what's going on. Uh So Michael, the son, he said that that was really weird because he had never seen his parents argue.
1: Wow. And to
0: me, I'm like, that's kind of a red flag, don't you think? Like, I don't care how in love you are with somebody. They annoy you at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that's odd to say never. Like, you've never, ever witnessed, yeah, a couple that's been together that long have some kind of disagreement or argument. Like, weird. Yeah.
0: And, like, friends of the family are like, oh, we used to ask Yarmila all the time, like, what is it about Scott that just drives you crazy? And she would say, he's just perfect. I just love him. So
1: Yeah, I don't, yeah. To me, that's don't buy like it. red flag. Like, of course, you can really think your significant other is wonderful, and they can be, but there's going to be something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, even if it's just leaving the socks out, you know, not the putting your socks in the <laughs> in the hamper, right?
0: Every day. Every day, girl, that's my life. (laughs) Every day.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, that's weird. That's weird.
0: Okay. So that's just a little red flag that popped up to me that I was like, "Mm, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So they take Scott down to the station, and they have a really short and a really weird interrogation. He says he's really confused. He doesn't know what's going on. He's not understanding. And then he says to the t- 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 to the detective that is questioning him, I'm assuming Yarm is dead. Obviously, you think I did it because you're from the homicide unit.
1: <gasps> okay, how bizarre. Like, if he really is that confused, right? why would you assume that your wife is dead? Did he see her? No. Well, I mean, he saw her when he was killing her, but then it's like he's claiming that right, he's yeah. confused about what happened. Yeah. What? Yeah, so
0: he's says to the cop, he says, I don't know why you would think that. And the cop says, because your neighbors were staring at you as you did it.
1: <gasps> what is happening? Is right. he just la- Okay. All right. All right. Okay.
0: So he doesn't deny it. He doesn't once say, it wasn't me. You've got the wrong guy. Nothing like that. He just continually says over and over, I'm sorry. I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. He never once makes eye contact with the detective. Oh. Um, like, holding himself and, like, leaning his head against the wall in his garment top. Mind you, remember that part. Very
1: important. <laughs> <laughs> Very important detail to remember, yes.
0: <laughs> it's so insane. Like, you can see the symbols in it on, like, the evidence photo. It's
1: crazy. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay. Crazy.
0: <laughs> so, as he's leaning there, like, um, the, the detective is, like where did the band-aid from your hand come from? And he's like, I don't remember putting it on. And he's, like, looking. So they photograph, like, his hand. He has a cut on his hand. It was bleeding, like, the band aids covered in blood. And then the cop says, where did that blood from your neck come from? And he, like, is, like, looking. There's, like, blood kind of behind his ear. And the cop even says he must have just not showered good enough after killing her. Yeah. Right?
1: Okay. So he's just saying – so to clarify, he's just – there, sitting there in his little garment top, being like, I don't know what happened. Not making yeah. eye contact with the cops. Is he, like, upset about his wife yep. being gone? No, he's he just... He doesn't...
0: He seems to be, like, kind of, like, curled in on himself, but there's no, like... Like, there's no tears. There's no, like, what happened to my beautiful... None of that. It's just Sounds very... Sounds
1: like he's bullshitting to me, but
0: okay. It kind of smells like it, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs>
0: So, he is charged with first-degree murder. Okay. Okay? (laughs) But he goes public with his story, and he says he doesn't deny that he killed his wife, but he says he was not conscious or aware.
1: Was he on drugs?
0: No. He is saying that he must have been asleep.
1: Uh. 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 (laughs) <laughs> okay, but wait, a, a, like a sleepwalking and then you violently murder your wife and then, well, okay, what? No.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. So the medical examiner, so let's start the trial. So the trial happens in May of 99, so it's been about two, almost two years since Jaramila was killed. Okay. Okay. So he states that he was asleep and therefore not guilty of murder. But the medical examiner says there's 44 stab wounds. 44? 44 stab wounds. And a lot of them are defensive wounds. Um, The medical examiner can tell that he had his left arm up and around Yarmala's mouth. (gasps) And he wrapped his right arm around her and was stabbing her. So he's standing behind her, holding him and stabbing her with his right
1: hand. Oh, my God. What a monster. Okay. His sleepwalking story. I'm sorry, but like that much movement. I guess I'm not a sleepwalking expert, but that much movement, that much effort, and then she's like fighting you back. Wouldn't that wake you up if you really were asleep? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's awful. Oh, poor Yarmila. No, I feel so bad for
0: this poor woman. Like, (sighs) okay. So during the trial, they put Greg the neighbor on the stand. Obviously, Mm -hmm. because. But he doesn't have, there's no evidence of the stabbing. Nobody saw it. Okay. Um, um, but he did see, so he didn't see the initial attack, but he did see Scott upstairs with the lights on, walking back and forth yeah. in the master bedroom. Oh, yeah, that's not
1: off. sleepwalking. That's like you're contemplating what you're going to do to try to cover your tracks.
0: Seriously, right?
1: I mean, I'm kind so, of jumping ahead. Maybe I'm coming to conclusions. No,
0: it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay, so he sees Scott walking around in the house. The lights are turning off and on. And then he sees him walk to the sliding door uh-huh. and out of the house. Okay. And he watches as he puts on gloves. <gasps> yeah, and this is when he goes to the body and rolls her into the water.
1: Okay, the gloves. That's that's the clincher for me. You're not going to put gloves on in your sleep. Sorry.
0: No, right? Mm-mm. So... The family, um, they're trying to like help with the defense. Um, they're saying like, "Oh, it can't." The so the lawyer wants to claim insanity. He wants to use the insanity plea, saying that yes, he's guilty, but he's not, um, he's not responsible because he was mentally insane.
1: Okay. The family's like, "No,
0: no, no, no. You can't use that as a as an." No, we can't do that. So suddenly, the family starts to remember that Scott used to sleepwalk when he was a kid. It just like oh yeah by the way that's convenient he he used to
1: sleepwalk (laughs) that's very convenient isn't it but also like when he was little and he would sleepwalk would he like stab things I mean (laughs) sorry to like make fun of it but still it's just like that doesn't you know sleepwalkers don't normally violently stab someone 44 times so. Not
0: not generally, no. Uh-huh. So the sister does research on sleepwalking violence before she goes to the lawyer, which I thought was very interesting that yeah. she she looked into stuff before she went. Um, and she said that, yes, it happens when they're really tired and really stressed. So we're back to that 6.15 waking up to teach seminary. Okay. Like, girl, I had two children who did not sleep through the night until, well, they still don't really sleep through the night. I have never stabbed somebody 44 times
1: just I'm tired. I was going to say, I can almost guarantee you're more tired than he ever was with, you know, yeah, raising your children, not really sleeping, doing everything that you do, and yeah, you've never stabbed someone, not even once, let alone 44 times. I
0: mean, I've thought about it, you know, going back to the socks on the floor, but.
1: <laughs> Watch out, Patrick. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so their defense is he was so stressed out he was spread really thin because he was teaching seminary at six in the morning and it was home in bed by 9 30 p.m so
1: I just I just don't think that's a strong defense I mean like because wouldn't that set a weird precedent for anyone committing a crime afterwards to be like I was stressed out and I was sleepwalking so now I'm not um responsible for this thing I don't know it just doesn't make like legal sense to me <laughs>
0: Right? Yeah. yeah. So the jury is basically asked, did he kill his wife while he was sleeping? So Scott goes to a sleep study center where they study him sleeping. So okay. they do four nights. Um, half of the testing says that there's nothing here. Half of the testing says he may have a predisposition to sleepwalking. May have. Okay. So it is possible that he is just prone to sleepwalking. They bring in two doctors who are specialists in sleep disturbances and sleep violence, and they had recently had a man acquitted of murder due to sleepwalking in Canada. Sorry, guys. Oh,
1: dang. Okay. (laughs)
0: Uh, So embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) So what they are saying is because sleepwalkers like to, like, they try to finish things that they've left undone. So they're saying he went to sleep, he was frustrated about the pool pump, so he got up and he walked out to the pool pump to attempt to finish what he hadn't finished,
1: Uh right? Okay.
0: So they're saying that his wife must have been like, what is happening? And went out and was like, honey, you need to go back to bed, and scared him, and for some reason he attacked because he's not aware of what's going on, he's sleepwalking. And this is true, like, if you startle a sleepwalker, they will probably, like, go crazy and, like, try and attack because they don't know what's going on, right? Right. So question,
1: I don't know if you know this. Was she stabbed with a knife or was it, like, a tool he could have been using to fix the pump?
0: It was a hunting knife.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that answers some questions.
0: (laughs) Right. So that's what they're saying. Okay. Okay. So then the the prosecution brings in some more evidence. So they had a search warrant for the house, they checked everything. They checked every box in the garage, they checked all the vehicles, and they found in the back of his trunk there's a closed compartment, kind of like where you would put like a spare tire.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Inside of that compartment is a black trash bag. Inside of the black trash bag is Tupperware. And do you know what's inside of the Tupperware?
1: Oh my god, I don't know what.
0: Bloody clothing <gasps> and the hunt knife that he stabbed her
1: with. <gasps> okay. So, not only did he put gloves on, but he so he had premeditation, but then he had the post-meditation of trying to like clean it up, which I don't think you would do if you were just like unconscious.
0: Exactly. So the prosecutors' experts said that he completed 64 behaviors, including changing his clothes at least twice walking downstairs multiple times and upstairs, Mm -hmm. stabbing someone 44 times. He's going back in the house after that. He's cleaning up. He's going into the garage. He's he's not only hiding clothing, but he's packaging and hiding clothing in a very complex way.
1: Yeah, like getting ready to dispose of it if the cops hadn't come right then.
0: Right. He's putting on gloves, and he's committing a second act of violence. So if we're using the defense that, okay, he, you startled a sleepwalker and so they've gone into attack mode. Okay, fine. But they' she was laying there bleeding to death. Yeah. She didn't startle him. He committed a second act of violence without out. Without
1: happening. being startled. That's true. Yeah. 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 He just went back out there while she was bleeding out. Oh, Oh, wow. Wow.
0: So the jury deliberates for about eight hours. Um, some of the jurors believe, okay, yes, he possibly could have been asleep for the stabbing. That That's sure. Maybe for some reason he grabbed a knife to fix the pump because he's asleep. He doesn't know what he's grabbing. He's just getting a tool, right? Okay. But it's that second act of violence that they're like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way he have, would have been awake at some point during that.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I can totally see that.
0: Yeah. So he is convicted of – he's guilty of first-degree murder with premeditation um, he doesn't get the death penalty, but he is sentenced to life in prison with no chance for parole.
1: Okay. So what do you think of that? Would you would have, would, if you were the juror, would you would have done the same thing, come to the same conclusion? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know the whole time I just was sitting here listening to you tell me that and tell me his defense. And I'm kind of just like the audacity of this person <laughs> to try to claim this. It's like, <laughs> Mm, yeah that's so far I don't know it's far-fetched to me so I think that's the right that's what I would have concluded anyway if I was a juror
0: yeah so there is a new um 2020 episode where um they have a zoom meeting with Scott (gasps) in jail oh yeah so Scott got COVID in June (laughs) Uh Oh. (laughs) so he yeah um they asked about his kids. He says he, his daughter has not seen him in a very long time. Um, she told him that she just can't – it just makes her feel badly to see him,
1: and yeah. so they don't
0: have any contact, which, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't blame her.
0: Yeah, he says he has not forgiven himself. Um, he has been excommunicated from the LDS church after his guilty verdict.
1: Oh, interesting. I was wondering what was going to happen with that, because I have yeah. heard before that if you're like – convicted of a really um, what would you call it like a violent crime um, yeah a like heinous crime yeah mm-hmm, you can be excommunicated for that so interesting okay
0: yeah um, he does not ever expect to get out like he says he has no plans he doesn't think about what he would do if he gets out because he never expects to get out yeah and here's the thing he says he cannot swear to the fact that he was sleepwalking he just says that he cannot remember it happening.
1: That is so bizarre.
0: Right? That after this much time, he would be like, well, maybe, maybe I wasn't sleepwalking. I just don't remember though.
1: Yeah. Part of me is like, do you think that he's just said that story over and over so many times that that's like what he tells himself or maybe he did like black out for part of it or something? Like, it's just weird that you'd maintain that after all this time that you really don't remember when to everyone else, it seems quite clear that a lot of what he was doing was deliberate. Yeah. And
0: and I also wonder if maybe it's like a trauma response because like people who go through trauma, they definitely do black things out. And if it's true that he really did love this woman, that would be pretty traumatic to see yourself kill her.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe part of it was perhaps sleepwalking or maybe something else. Made him, yeah. yeah, and then he blacked out the rest of it, um,
0: or Maybe. he's just
1: lying. <laughs> or he's know. just lying,
0: yeah. Um, But yeah, he teaches parenting classes in jail. <laughs> oh,
1: does he? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he um, still, like, believes in the Mormon church, even though he got excommunicated.
0: I don't know. It would be interesting to, like, find out those details. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. His son is a lawyer in Vegas and has his own family and says that he thinks of his mom every single day and wonders what life would be like
1: her. And it just like, oh, honey, yeah. Oh my God. Imagine, I just had the thought imagine if you had gone to seminary in Phoenix when he was the seminary teacher. And later you're just like, oh, my seminary teacher murdered his wife while wearing his garment top. Like, what? That's so wild.
0: Yeah, it's a little, I can't get a read on the guy. Like, I watched, like, some different YouTube clips and stuff, and he just seems very, like, he's got kind of, like, a smirk on his face. And he's, I just, I don't know what to think of him. I don't like him, though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I haven't watched um, clips of him. I haven't seen him, like, you know speaking or whatever but just from what you've told me I just don't don't trust him and I guess part of me is that bias that I really do have a hard time trusting like cisgender straight white men especially Mormon ones (laughs) I'm just like "Mm, (laughs) you know what are you getting away with but also I guess who knows he could be telling the truth but I kind of just doubt it I guess I'm like those jurors I'm like I don't know I think I mean either way he killed her but that's that's crazy, and that image of him standing at the top of the stairs in his garments and pajamas is going to haunt me, so thank you for that.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're welcome,
1: <laughs> oh wow, what a wild ride uh. yeah,
0: it's a crazy it's a crazy story that's yeah,
1: Mormon true oh, yeah. crime. I don't know, there's just something I mean true crime in general, but then you throw in the Mormon aspect and it's just. It's really, uh, it's crazy to me. But thank you for for sharing that awful, horrendous story <laughs> with all
0: of us. Sorry to ruin your day, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys should um, either comment on our posts or write to us. You should tell us what you think about this case. Like, do you think he was aware and cognizant? I mean, I guess we'll never know. It's all speculation, but I'm curious what all of you think about it. Because, you know, I'm just always curious about that kind of stuff. But... Dusty, again, thank you so much. You swooped in and you saved the day and you're just the best ever. We love you so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm so glad I could help. And I hope Sarah is feeling better soon. And yeah, thank you for yeah, thank you for inviting me into your space and letting me tell you a story. <laughs> oh, of
1: course. We're gonna have to have you back. It's gonna be like the dusty segment every now and then, you know, <laughs> <Just> Random stuff. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Oh listeners. Well, we'll just wrap this up, but thank you all so much for listening. And um, we'll be back next week. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.